so critically acclaimed. What's up, everyone? So this week is a very special edition of the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast since it's my birthday. That's right, April 7th, 1998, the day I was born. Uh, So I thought I would just, you know, do something a little bit different this week, not focus on a TV show, if you've noticed, like on my Instagram, um, but rather do something a little different. So it's my 22nd birthday, and if you didn't already know about me, I love rom-coms or romance movies, whatever you want to call them. I've practically seen everyone in the books, and I've done a lot of research in this category of film, so I thought... Thought I would do something special and just do an episode about 22 of my favorite rom-coms ever. Now, this list isn't ranked in any particular order. They're just 22 ones that I pulled from an even larger list of rom-coms and romance-like movies that I've seen over the many years of my life. So I thought I would share. So up first is The Proposal. This movie aired in 2009. Now, it's not streaming anywhere, but you could probably like find it online for purchase at like iTunes or, you know, Amazon Prime. Uh, It's starring Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. And the plot line is Sandra Bullock plays this cold and stern book editor who faces deportation to Canada. Um, So she makes her assistant, played by Ryan Reynolds, um, pose as her fiancé. So now because of this, they go to his childhood home in Alaska to celebrate their quote-unquote engagement with his family. And then naturally, you can only expect expect what happens next, you know, oh, like they get to know each other, they fall in love, you know, all that good stuff. There's some betrayal in the middle and ends on a happy note because all rom-coms do. Uh, It features one of the best scenes in cinematic history because it includes Sandra Bullock and Betty White chanting in the woods to the song Get Low, aka to the window to the wall. Um, It's amazing scene. I love it. Watch it over and over again. Okay, number two is The Famous Step Up. Now, this is the original, not any of the, like, many, I think there's now, like, six Step Ups or something, but it's the original one from 2006. Sadly, again, it's also not streaming anywhere. It used to be on Netflix, so it might come back here and there, Um, but again, you could probably find it on Amazon Prime for purchase. And it is starring Channing Tatum and Jenna Dewan. So it is extremely heartbreaking to watch this movie now that they're no longer together. Um, and like, I just wonder, you know, what's going to happen in the future when their daughter Everly grows up and she's like with her friends watching these like famous rom-coms and she watches Step Up and it's like her parents, but, the, and she, everyone was like rooting for them to be together. I'm sorry, but like, it's just hard. Um, anyway, so. Step Up is about Channing Tatum, who plays a foster kid, Tyler, um, and he gets into a lot of trouble with his friends, stealing cars, doing like other things, and eventually he gets sentenced to community service after trashing an art school. Um, so he ends up having to work as a janitor at that same performing arts school. Uh, and so he's just, you know, kind of annoyed and like it's frustrated, but he has to do the work. Um, and then there's Nora, who is played by Jenna Dewan, and she is a dancer at um, the same school working on her senior showcase piece. But her partner gets injured while rehearsing. 
And since she has no other options, Tyler ends up volunteering to be her partner um, for this piece. So then throughout the duration of the movie, you see them like rehearsing the piece, making alterations to like make it not so stiff and like cookie cutter dance dancer because, you know, you'll see like Tyler and also just Channing Tatum in general are is an amazing dancer, but like more hip hop and street dancing as opposed to like this rigid, like classical um ballet and that kind of stuff so they add in these other like elements and improve it and then of course they fall in love and it's just whatever but I love this movie because there's so many great dance sequences there's great songs for like the backtracks of um the dances and also Allison Stoner's in it so like she's very little in it like the same ra- same time that she was in like the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody and the Missy Elliott music video so you know we gotta love Allison Stoner But again, it's still really heartbreaking to watch because they're no longer together. So you have to be emotionally ready to handle how cute they are on screen and remember that that's not real. Um, But anyway, so number three, another fave. Obviously, I mean, I'm going to say that every time because all of these are my favorite, but these are real favorites. Um, We have A Cinderella Story from 2004. And this is on Netflix, so you can stream it, but not for long. I just found out that it's leaving Netflix on April 30th, so you have a few weeks to watch it over and over and over again, which I plan on doing. Um, so A Cinderella Story stars Hilary Duff, and you know who it is, Chad Michael Murray, my OG heartthrob who I've ranted about on several episodes of the podcast before, so you know that this is like a big deal for me. <laughs> um But A Cinderella Story is obviously based on the story of Cinderella, you know, so Hilary Duff plays Sam, who is a senior in high school, living with her stepmom and her two stepsisters, and they're all evil. Um, She's practically a slave for them ever since her father died, so she does everything around the house, and then also has to be a slave at what used to be her father's diner, and now, like, the stepmom runs. But... Anyway, so Sam has one good friend and she kind of goes like unnoticed in school. People call her diner girl. Um, And, you know, so she doesn't really have that much going for her, but she's super smart and she wants to get into Princeton. And fun fact, this is where I discovered that I wanted to go to Princeton because duh. And there's a famous line in the movie when Sam's like nine or something. She asked her dad, you know, where do princesses go to college? And the dad goes, they go to Princeton where the they go or they say he says they go where the princes go. They go to Princeton. And then literally since that movie, I wanted to go to Princeton when I was a kid. Obviously, by the time I got to high school, that was not in the in the cards. So, but it's fine. I'm past it, obviously. Um, but anyway, so she only has that one friend. She goes unnoticed in school, but she does have a pen pal relationship who she texts every day about like her thoughts and her dreams and like her life and stuff. Um, but she doesn't know who the guy is. Um, so eventually, like in the middle or like early beginning of the movie, um, the guy like is messaging her and says, you know, like, I want to meet you. So they meet at the they plan to meet at the Halloween dance. And she discovers that he is the most popular guy in school, Austin Ames, played by your the famous uh, Chad Michael Murray. And, you know, he's the football quarterback and the captain of the football team. He's student body president, etc. So she is like super intimidated and being like, oh, my God, like, you know, why would he want to be with me but of course her identity doesn't come out like she doesn't say who she is eventually um she uh 
it hits like that point in the night where she's going to reveal who she is but of course her timer goes off and it's about to be um midnight so she has to leave in the typical tradition um in the typical cinderella tradition so um she leaves and then the remainder of the movie focuses on him trying to find out who she is and you know like um if she'll have the courage to reveal who she is absolutely love this one child mcmurray you can't go wrong another um good one is my fourth movie on this list which is another heartbreaking one to watch now and that is the last song 2010 you can stream it on disney plus starring miley cyrus and liam hemsworth it just hurts my soul. You know, it was super cute when it first came out and you learned that they were dating. So you're like, oh my God, I love this. And they're dating. They're together. They're engaged. They break up. I can't watch the last song anymore. Then they get back together. Oh my God, it's so exciting. I can watch it again. And now we're just back in the cycle of they're not together anymore. And I think like the ship has sailed for them. They're not, they're not coming back to one another. But Anyway, so this is one of the many movies based on the Nicholas Sparks book. So if you don't know who Nicholas Sparks is, wow. He is basically a um, writer who has written several romance novels um, that you've probably seen the movies because there's like almost a movie, there's practically a movie for every book that there has been. Um, and in like a typical fashion, someone always dies in it and it's a big like romance in the novel sadly he is divorced which is like how is this possible but alas so miley cyrus in the last song plays a teenager ronnie who's originally from new york but is forced to stay with her dad who lives in georgia for the summer and now ronnie has a pretty strained relationship with her father and has been getting into trouble and hanging out with like the wrong crowd of friends back at home um, because she's been like really upset over her parents like ever since her parents divorced um so obviously ronnie's not happy about you know having to stay with him for the summer so him her and her brother have to do it, and her brother's like super excited um but she's couldn't care less so one day like she goes down to the beach um just to like you know see the scene and everything and she ends up getting knocked into by a beach volleyball player dumping her milkshake all over her and this beach volleyball player ends up being liam hemsworth who plays will and over the course of the movie, then you see the two of them hang out more and eventually fall in love. And it's just a great, great movie with some unexpected turns. Um, definitely my favorite Nicholas Sparks book turn movie. I've read the book and it's just, I love, I love the whole thing. Um, and it shows a great family relationships too. And an interesting thing, well, two interesting things. One, there's the great song, When I Look at You by Miley Cyrus at the end of the movie. So that's spectacular. And the second thing is apparently Nicholas Sparks, when he wrote the, the book, um, the last song, he was writing it with the idea of that it would turn into a movie and that Miley Cyrus would play the lead in the movie because I guess he saw like Hannah Montana and how she was portrayed with like her real dad as her dad in the show so she was seeing that relationship and and that really translated to the last song because such a big part of the movie is the father-daughter relationship so that's just a fun fact okay next number five is the 2013 movie safe haven and this is starring Julianne Huff and Josh Duhamel, and it's another Nicholas Sparks book-turned-movie, so again, prepare for romance, drama, someone to die. 
Um, Julianne Hough plays Katie, who we see at the very beginning of the movie, frantically fleeing somewhere and getting on a bus. The bus ends up stopping in this small town on the beach in North Carolina. It's like middle of nowhere, very quaint, quiet, you know, very subtle. And so Katie gets off the bus and decides that like she's going to stay here and have a fresh start, which is like not typical, you know, most of the people who live there are people who like either grew or grew up there and they are like, yeah, most people just pass through the town. They don't like stay here um, unless you're you're from the town. So you can obviously tell that she's running away from something and it's like a very private person. Um, and then Alex comes along and he is played by Josh Duhamel and he owns the small little convenience store where Katie first like got dropped off from the bus. And so him and his two kids are always there and they're trying to make her feel feel welcome. Um, so they start to get to know her. But Katie is, of course, afraid of her past catching up with her. Um, so you just kind of see throughout like the duration of the movie how their relationship forms. And then eventually you learn about Katie's past and it all comes to like a big explosion during like 4th of July celebration and I really love this movie I think it's a great like summer movie I don't know because it takes place in the summertime and it's in the beach I love this one but I will say I think that this one was my favorite book um and the book is better than the movie um just because it shows like a lot more detail when she's like running away and that kind of stuff um okay number six is my last Nicholas Sparks movie. I just had to put them all together. You know, it's easier that way. So this one is Dear John from 2010, also on Netflix. Oh, I forgot to say Safe Haven is not streaming anywhere, but you can again watch it on like Amazon Prime for purchase and iTunes. So number six, Dear John, streaming on Netflix, starring Channing Tatum and Amanda Seyfried. And now, like I said, this is my last Nicholas Sparks movie, so don't worry. But Channing Tatum stars as John, obviously, who is a soldier home for a little like R&R, and he meets Savannah, who is a college student home for spring break. Um, and now they get to know each other and start their relationship uh, as Savannah goes back to school and John eventually gets deployed again. So this movie spans like seven years of their relationship and how they've stayed together and in touch via like love letters. Um, and I think this is one of the more difficult ones of like the Nicholas Sparks genre movies to watch just because their relationship is so amazing and pure and loving, but it's so challenging and frustrating at the same time, given like all these circumstances and situations and like challenges that they need to overcome. Um, so just that keep that in mind when you go to watch and now i'll just have a plug about all the nicholas sparks movies in general i think the notebook is highly overrated so i'm just gonna say that i'm not a huge ryan reynolds excuse me i am a huge ryan reynolds fan i'm not a huge ryan gosling fan um so i don't really love the notebook just gonna say that and leave it there so you can get mad at me if you want but that's just me being honest Okay, number seven is my favorite movie of all time, like all time, and that is She's the Man. It's a 2006 classic. It's on Hulu, starring Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum. I think this is my third movie with Channing Tatum, and I think the last one on the list, so 
it's just a lot of Channing Tatum love, or at least for the young Channing Tatum. Um, but anyway, this is easily my favorite movie of all time. I can quote the movie backwards and forwards any day of the week, and I'll never get tired of it. Um, this is more like of a teen rom-com, and the focus is less on the romance and just like the overall storyline, I guess. Um, interestingly, She's the Man is based on a Shakespeare play, called Twelfth Night, so just something, you know, random to know. But anyway, Amanda Bynes plays Viola, who is a tomboy at heart uh, soccer player who is outraged when her high school cuts the girls' soccer team. So she goes home and finds that her twin brother is flying to London, not telling her their parents um, in order to, like, tour with his band or something. Uh, and he needs a cover at the new boarding school that he's supposed to go to. Uh, he has to go to a new boarding school because he kept skipping at his last school, ironically. So Viola devises the plan to pretend to be her brother at this new boarding school because, you know, no one knows him. So she goes to the new boarding school and joins the soc- the boys' soccer team in order to, like, prove a point that girls are just as good as guys in soccer and this is she does this because you know at the very beginning of the movie when she finds out that the girls soccer team got cut she asks if they can try out for the boys team and they're like no like we can't and the famous line is you know boys like it's not me talking and this is the coach thing it's not me talking it's a scientific fact boys can't beat girls it's a simple it girls can't be boys it's as simple as that and that kind of like sets the tone for the entire movie um but You'll just see. So she joins the um, boys' soccer team. She's pretending to be a guy. You can imagine all the sorts of, like, awkwardness and weird things that are going to happen with her being a girl pretending to be a guy. Um, but you'll see how it all unfolds. And the movie's just all around hilarious. So many laughs. But just a random thought that I've had also, like, why, what happened at, like, Viola's school like Viola was pretending to be her brother at this new school who was pretending to be Viola at the old school you know I don't know just random okay number eight we have The Parent Trap it is from 1998 and it's airing on Disney plus it stars Lindsay Lohan Dennis Quaid and Natasha Richardson one of the greatest family movies of all time and another one of my favorites that I can quote so many scenes from but in case you're living under a rock and you've never seen the parent trap which is just a huge disgrace because it's probably one of like one of, i don't know like i said one of the greatest family movies of all time and i've seen it so many times and it's like always on tv but Lindsay lohan plays twins hallie and annie so no people who think Lindsay lohan has a real twin in life in real life she does not hallie lives with her father in california and annie lives with her mother in london now the two, um, the two girls end up meeting at sleepaway camp when they're 11 years old. And initially they don't get along and that kind of gets them in trouble because they like pull pranks and stuff. So they have to get sent to the isolation cabin. Um, and now they're like, you know, forced to live with just each other and they're alone. So they have no choice but to talk to each other. And that's when they discover that they're actually twin sisters in a very, in like, whose parents divorced when they were babies. And each parent took one kid. And it's like a whole big dramatic scene in the movie. So, yeah. But then for the duration of camp, they plan, they like come up with this big plan to switch places so they can get to know their other parents. So, you know, they like have to teach each other all about like, um, 
the other's family and like it's weird also because you know one's going to be going back to united states and one's going back to europe and they've lived in uh, like other countries their whole lives so they have to learn like society things i guess too um and so they just but it unfolds and the parents somewhat find out and it then goes further from just like getting to know the parents to then trying to scheme to get their parents back together but Again, so many good scenes from this movie. Love it. It's a remake of like one from the 70s. I've never seen the one, the original, but you know, I I don't know. I like the, the 1998 one. It's just great. So go watch that one. Okay. Um, then we have number 10, or excuse me, number nine. It's a movie that you probably haven't heard of. It's called Ice Castles, and it came out in 2010, and it's actually a remake of a 1970s version, also like The Parent Trap. So it's not streaming anywhere, but you can probably find it online again to purchase. Um, but I'm, like I said, I'm sure no one's heard of it, but it's kind of a random movie that I found. I don't remember how I came across of it, but I found it and I just really liked it. So it stars Taylor Firth and Rob Mays, who I'm sure you guys don't know who that is. I don't really either, other from these movies. But Taylor Firth is Lexi, a figure skater from a super small town in Iowa. And Rob Mays plays her boyfriend, Nick, who is a college hockey player. Now, um, a hotshot figure skater, figure skating coach comes to the area and sees Lexi skate. Um, and he recruits her to do like competitive skating and try to make a career for herself out of this. Um, so Lexi agrees, but this requires her to move to Boston, um, putting a lot of strain on her relationship with Nick as she's like prioritizing skating, you know, and trying to make a name for herself. So eventually they break up as she gets deeper into like this world of competitive ice skating and she I think like starts dating this recruiter or the coach or some whatever he is to her like coach manager whatever she starts like dating him and they have to go to like this um posh party you know to like socialize and network and stuff but she's not really into that so she ends up leaving the party and like goes on the outside frozen lake to just skate and like do what she loves to do but um she ends up falling because the ice is not you know made for skating and so she hits her head and ends up going blind um so of course that causes her to like go home back to Iowa and she kind of gives up on skating because like you know you can't skate if you're blind um but Nick comes back into her life and together uh Lexi learns how to skate blind so I really like this movie it's like very different i think um and like off the beaten path so i highly recommend if you're looking for like a new movie that you've never heard of to watch this is one to do that with um now number 10 is a similar genre it's also an ice skating movie i love like sports competitive like sport like movies that have to do with like romance they're just fun um because it adds like competition so this is the cutting edge going for the gold now there are several go um cutting edge movies so make sure it's going for the gold and this is from 2006 it's not streaming anymore it used to be on amazon prime but um you could again like i said i'm a broken record buy it on itunes or something and so this movie is starring Christy Carlson Romano, who is Disney Channel royalty. She played Ren and Even Stevens. She was in Cadet Kelly. And of course, she was the voice of Kim Possible. Um, so you might not know her by name, but when you see her face, like you'll know who I'm talking about. And then Ross Thomas, who I don't really know from any, but anything else. But 
like I said, another ice skating movie because I figured why not? I could watch this movie so many times. I've seen it so many times. But Chrissy Carlson Romano is Jackie Dorsey, a competitive singles figure skater who is like a total rock star. Um, but in a huge competition, she falls and injures herself, taking her out of the game for a while. She decides to go on a little vacation to California where she meets Alex, played by Ross Thomas. And they kind of hang out for a few days and she learned that he's like she learns that he's an X Games champion, you know, roller skating, skateboarding, surfing, that kind of stuff. Um, and they like have a little fling, but things kind of end badly because uh, Jackie learns that the champion side of him is kind of in the past and he doesn't really do anything anymore. So she judges him for not being ambitious. So Jackie goes home and decides to transition from single skating to pair skating, which means she needs a partner. And lo and behold, who tries out to be her partner? Alex. So then the two have to navigate this partnership and their relationship. Um, and you just see, like, obviously you can tell that then they um, will fall in love. But there are challenges and old, like, relationships that get in the way of that. So it's really an emotional movie, I think. Um, and there's also just phenomenal skating in this movie. And it makes me miss the TV show Spinning Out which if you haven't seen, you should watch. It's a Netflix original. It came out in January of this year and I'm pissed because it was amazing and Netflix made the stupid decision to cancel it after one season. Now I know it's kind of, you might be scared, like why should I go watch this show? It's only 10 episodes and I'm going to get hooked only for it to be canceled. You, You just have to do it because you'll appreciate it. I literally watched it like so many times over winter break. Um, but yeah. Okay. Up next, we have Footloose. That's number 11, and it aired in 2011. Uh, It's not streaming anywhere, I know, Um, but you can find it online again, I'm sure. It's starring Kenny Warmold and Julianne Hough, and it's, again, a remake of the 1980s movie. So Kenny Warmold plays Ren McCormick, who is from Boston, and he's like, you know, rough around the edges, tough guy type of thing. But after his mom dies, he moves to a small town in the South to live with his uncle's family. And so Ren is very much into dancing, and it's completely, like, baffled when he learns that dancing along with other, like, quote-unquote promiscuous behavior, loud music that kind of stuff is outlawed in the town because of a car crash that happened um, after a party three years ago, killing five high school students. So Ren then, along with like that dynamic, you also see that Ren meets Ariel, played by Julianne Huff, who is the pastor's daughter and kind of a rebel child ever since the whole car crash changed the town. So Ren is naturally like intrigued by Ariel and they start hanging out and eventually try to challenge the no dancing law in the town. All around, great movie, all the feels, just like a good feeling movie. There's lots of dancing, like incredible dancing, incredible soundtrack, and great comedy from none other than Miles Teller, who I freaking love. So you should watch it, like, if not, if for nothing else, just to see Miles Teller in one of his, like, earlier movies. Love that one. Okay, um, number 12 is Never Been Kissed, 1999. Uh, it's not streaming anymore. It was just on Disney+, Plus, so I'm really mad that it 
they took it off because I was planning on watching it um, this week. But it's starring Drew Barrymore and Michael Varden. And I'm just going to start off by saying that this is one, like, when I say one of, like, it's basically my all-time favorite rom-com. I love this movie. Like, I can't express you how much I love this movie. It's such, like, a, it's an emotional movie. It's, like, a relatable movie. It's, like, it's just, it makes you feel good when you watch it and I don't know I just really love this movie so when I say like a lot of these are my favorites yes she's the man is my all-time favorite movie but like never been kissed is my all-time favorite rom-com um and that's honestly like a new found thing and only like a few years ago I did discover this um but anyway, so Drew Barrymore plays Josie, who is a copywriter at a newspaper in Chicago, and she wants to prove that she is capable of being like a full-on reporter. Um, so in order to do this, she ends up like by not luck of the draw, but like the head of the newspaper, the editor-in-chief or whoever he is, like kind of picks her because she looks like a child to be the one who... Um, who goes undercover as a student at the local high school. Um, so now high school sucked for Josie since she was made fun of a lot. Um, so this is kind of hard for her in terms of like, you know, trying to fit in while also finding that good story for the newspaper. Now she ends up doing really well in like her English class, which is taught by Michael Varden's character, a young and like cute teacher. And so as the movie goes on, you see just how much they match. But obviously he thinks she's a teenager. Uh, so now you get like that kind of set up the movie. And you got to just see how the movie unfolds um, and everything plays out with with uh, their relationship as well as Josie's news story. You know, what is she going to cover? How is that going to relate? And is there going to be any t- sort of relationship for her? Um, but all around, I love the movie. There are just so many like small moments that are relatable from like experiences in high school and relationships and that kind of stuff. So I really, really love Never Been Kissed. So you should you should watch that one. Okay, number 13 is a great one. It's a classic. We have 27 Dresses, uh, 2008, not streaming again, I'm sorry, um, starring Katherine Heigl and James Marsden. And this is like, I feel like one of the classics, rom- like one of the classic rom-coms. So Katherine Heigl plays Jane, a people-pleasing woman living in New York City. And we first meet her on the night of two weddings where she's a bridesmaid at both of them. And we learn then that Jane has been a bridesmaid at a total of 27 weddings, hence the name, and always puts others before herself. So then what happens is her little sister comes to town and ends up getting engaged to Jane's boss. So now Jane is obviously the bridesmaid and even the maid of honor yet again. And so the whole um, the whole process this time is extremely frustrating for Jane because she's like, starting to learn that she has to think of herself and try and like put herself and her relationships first for once um so that's like kind of mirrored with then this news reporter kevin played by james martin who comes into jane's life and discovers her story of having these 27 dresses and tries to write a story about her um for like the newspaper but he also like gets to know her and tries to like you know see tries to get her to realize how amazing she is and how she should put herself first and of course they end up falling in love and it's so it's just great and the the scene where she tries on all 27 dresses is like amazing because it's hilarious the types of themes that these weddings have been um okay 
bear with me. We're more than halfway there. I know it's a lot. I was debating doing it in two halves because I didn't know how long it would go, but I think like you guys, you'll be fine. Um, so number 14, we have Ghosts of Girlfriends Paths, 2009. It's streaming on Netflix, starring Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Garner. Now, I know this is kind of like a cheesy one, and people don't really love this one and think it's kind of bad, but I kind of like it. I mean, you know, it's good because it's bad. Um, but Matthew McConaughey plays all-around ladies' man Connor Mead, who is basically aiming to be a bachelor for life. And he ends up uh, you know, going to his childhood home for his brother's wedding. And the night before uh, the wedding, he's visited by three ghosts, hence the name, the ghosts of girlfriend's past, the ghosts of girlfriend's present, and the ghosts of girlfriend's future. And so basically he's warned that if he keeps living the way he is, you know, like being a ladies' man, not really being, co- like being committed to someone and not putting and only putting himself first that kind of stuff he'll die alone and so the movie goes back and forth um between these visits with the ghosts and like all these flashbacks and the present day wedding festivities which include connor seeing jenny parati who was played by jennifer garner his old friend from when he was a kid and basically the love of his life and so you see kind of how their relationship started from when they were kids to then when they got into like middle school and high school and eventually how they lost contact and um then found each other again when they were like in their 20s and however old they are because it doesn't really say how old they are um and then you see like you know he's starting to realize that maybe he's supposed to be with her, but he's like, he doesn't know if maybe it's too late to do that. So that's, uh, it's a great, it's a great movie. You know, it's holiday season. Cause you know, it's Christmassy, but you can watch it now. It's fine. Um, up next we have another Matthew McConaughey movie. Cause you know, I just, I, they, I think of one and it makes me think of the other. So I have to put them together. So number 15 is the wedding planner, uh, 2001 it's streaming on Hulu starring Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. So J-Lo plays Mary, the most amazing wedding planner in all of San Francisco. And she just had a great meeting with a new client, but she then has like a near-death experience where she almost gets hit by like this rolling dumpster or something. But Steve, Steve, played by Matthew McConaughey, um, saves her. And so Steve is the sweetest like pediatrician and he's and they get to know each other and and they have like an incredible night together you know like spending time getting to know one another i think they go to like they're at like a cemetery movie um like a movie in the park but it's like a cemetery i don't remember if it's a cemetery or park but don't hold me to it but so mary finally thinks like maybe it might be her it may be time for her to plan her own wedding but then the next day she goes to a meeting with that new client that she made and finally meets the fiance and who is it none other than steve so now mary's in this awkward situation where you know she's trying she's planning the wedding for this like very wealthy important client it's going to be like a big deal for her business but she like was really intrigued and interested in the fiance and like they're still hanging out and spending time with each other throughout the duration of the film and throughout the duration of when he's supposed to be engaged with someone else so you just have to like you know see what happens um so that's a good one and you see a very young matthew mcconaughey it's funny because until recently i didn't realize that that was matthew mcconaughey who played uh in the wedding planner 
Okay, number 16 is Life As We Know It, 2010, airing on Netflix, stars Katherine Heigl and Josh Duhamel, um, so they've already been in movies that I've listed before. You know, it's interesting, like, the same groups of people who are in these rom-coms, or at least, like, most rom-coms, you know, it's, like, all these great-looking people that we all love so much. I don't know. But anyway, so Katherine Heigl plays Holly, a type A cafe owner, uh, and Josh Duhamel plays Eric Messer, he goes by Messer, um, an immature technical sports director, and they clearly dislike one another, like, so much, but their best friends happen to be married to one another. So obviously, that's how they know each other, but that's all, but they don't like each other. And... Eventually, though, after a terrible accident, both of their best friends are killed and they leave their one-year-old daughter to Holly and Eric to raise. So this situation then forces them to reevaluate their lives and how they need to be partners to raise uh, their the daughter, Sophie. Um, and obviously, they like have to understand how the other relationships are going to play out into their relationship with Sophie and then their relationship with one another. Um, but it's a really cute movie, unexpected love story. Um, so I really like that one. It's just a good feeling movie. So number 17, we have 17 again. Wow. I don't think I even planned that and it just worked out that way. Um, but 17 again, uh, 2009, it's not streaming anywhere, but I'm sure you could find it. Starring Zac Efron, Matthew Perry, Leslie Mann, Michelle Trachtenberg, and Sterling Knight. So a lot of people. Um, Not a direct rom-com, but it's all there. Like Matthew Perry plays Mike O'Donnell, who is now going through a divorce with his wife, Scarlett, played by Leslie Mann. And his two... And basically, he's going through the divorce, and then he has two teenage children who could care less about spending time with him. So then there's like a mysterious fantasy-like event that has Mike that then transform Mike into his 17-year-old self, but it, he's still set in the same time as when he would normally be in his 30s. So basically it's like let's say he was 17 in the 80s um and now he's like 30 something in the early 2000s he's now 17 in the early 2000s um so he goes back to high school to try and become friends with his kids and also like figure out a way to um get his wife back because they're in the middle of the divorce um it's like it's a hilarious movie especially the scenes where he's like acting like a dad or a husband even though everyone else sees him as a 17 year old kid um and it also includes one of my favorite scenes of zach efron being just beautiful there's a scene where like he has a bit of a makeover and he gets out of a car he's looking super like he's just super beautiful and he it's he's got some ray-ban glasses he's got that that good swoosh zach efron hair from like 2009 peak high school musical three era just all around beautiful so i really encourage that one um number 18 is maid of honor 2008 might not have heard of this one it's on hulu starring patrick dempsey and michelle monaghan uh this is probably my second or third favorite rom-com so it's pretty up there in this list So Patrick Dempsey is Tom, the quick-witted bachelor with only one constant woman in his life, his best friend, Hannah, played by Michelle Monaghan. 
So they spend practically every day together. They have a whole like lifestyle routine. You know, they have this special cafe that they wait in line to get like their breakfast. They, um, you know, always share each other's foods. They always get like, they always guess what they think the other one's going to get. Um, and they're just like a perfect fit, but they've never like explored a romantic relationship. Um, so Tom finally realizes that he wants to spend the rest of his life with Hannah and he thinks he's in love with her and is planning on telling her when she gets back from this European trip. But when she does come back, she comes back with a fiance. So it's a little too late because they're best friends, though. Hannah asks Tom to be a part of the part of the bridal party. And he kind of has to figure out a way to then convince her not to get married and you know end up with him so it's really like i love this movie because it's super sweet and i think that like the best rom-coms and the best relationships in general are ones that like focus on people who are friends first um because you know each other you know i don't know i love that um and then it's just funny to see how like the lengths that tom goes to to try and see um to try and like get um hannah to fall in love with him and everything okay Number 19 is The Edge of 17 from 2016. It's it's on Netflix starring Haley Steinfeld, Haley Lou Richardson, Blake Jenner and Woody Harrelson. Um again, not an exact rom-com, but more of a coming of age story that is just all around funny and relatable. Like you don't know how many times I've watched this movie and I'm just like this is me. I am looking at a movie of me in an awkward situation. Like it's just great. So plotline is Haley Seinfeld is 17-year-old Nadine who just dwells in her awkwardness. Like she lives there. It's it's everything to her. Um and she is very bogged down with this awkwardness because she's then related to the most popular guy in school who's got everything together. Um you know, that, and that obviously is her brother. So the one good thing that like Nadine has going for her is that she has a rock star best friend, Krista, played by Haley Lou Richardson, to go through everything with that. But that is until Krista starts dating Nadine's brother, and now she feels truly alone. Um, so Nadine and Krista are in this big fight, and um, Nadine tries to like meet new people, whether that be eating lunch with her ridiculously like abrasive teacher, um, who's played by Woody Harrelson, um, or a guy in school who clearly has a crush on her, and he's really sweet, and it's like, I love that part of the movie, and another guy who she thinks she likes, even though she doesn't really know him. Um, so overall, it's an extremely great movie that focuses on everything, like family dynamics, especially between like um, Nadine and her mom, friendship, romance, teenage awkwardness. Like I'm serious. Like I can't stress to you how much like the level of awkwardness is amazingly cringy to watch and so relatable. Like you should watch that. It's like if you just want to just laugh and feel like awkward, do that movie. Okay. Number 20 is a movie I think, again, you also have probably never heard of. Uh, it's called Carrie Pilby. Um, it came out in 2016, and it's on Netflix, starring Belle Powley, Vanessa Bayer from SNL, William Mosley from The Royals, and Nathan Lane. So you might not have heard of the star, Belle Powley, but it's an unusual movie that I just stumbled across on Netflix during my sophomore year in college, and I just fell in love with it. Um, so Belle Powley is Carrie Pilby, an extremely brilliant yet socially awkward 19-year-old who just finished uh, Harvard uh, since she's a genius. But now she has to figure out how she fits into the world because, you know, she's a 19-year-old college graduate 
but she doesn't have a job and she doesn't like have friends because she's like super like high standards and used to like a certain way of life but also she doesn't know how to interact with people (laughs) it's pretty funny um and so she's upset with her dad because he's the one who like sent her um to go to college at 14 which she believed was like obviously too young and she wasn't ready for that so because of this she sees a therapist who is nathan lane and he just you know talks through her life with her and challenges her to go out of her comfort zone to hopefully make friends so they end up making this list of things that she has to do um so it's like um make a new friend like get a pet um try something you loved as a child like just things to like make her more comfortable in her new life and trying to figure out who she is and where she belongs um so again not exactly a rom-com but it incorporates aspects of one um so i really like this movie some parts are like cringy some of the relationships are cringy and like inappropriate and like really just bad and shouldn't happen but at the same time there are other aspects of the movie that are really relatable um and i really like okay we're almost there guys um one fine day is number 21 and that is a 1996 movie it's on hulu or hbo go slash hbo now starring michelle pfeiffer and george clooney so some big stars in this one um plotline Michelle Pfeiffer is Melanie, an architect who needs to give an important presentation, and George Clooney is Jack, a reporter trying to finish a big story. But both of them are single parents whose kids miss the bus for their school's field trip. Um, So because of this, the two of them decide to help each other out and take turns with the kids all day long, even though Melanie and Jack can't stand each other at the beginning of the day. Um... So I personally love this movie and have, like, I've seen it a few times in, like, years ago. And I remember, like, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot how much I love this movie. So last summer, I was really into watching it because I was living in uh, New York City. And so the movie takes place in New York City, and you get to see them gallivant all across the city from Central Park to Rockefeller Center and Serendipity. Um, And like I said, the movie's just one day, obviously one fine day, Um, but it's a lot of fun and you just see like different like all over the place may whitman is the daughter um is jack's daughter in it so she's been in the duff and parenthood and i don't know the name of the boy who plays um the son of michelle pfeiffer's son in the movie but he was in um home alone 3 so just in case you are a fan of that so i really like that one it's a bit of an older one but you know it's good okay guys we made it last but not least is number 22 love rosie this is a 2014 movie airing on netflix starring lily collins and sam claflin and last but certainly not least it's actually the most recent rom-com that i watched um but definitely not for the first time and this is like the ultimate love story of two best friends um which like i said before is my favorite type of rom-com And so it's all about Rosie and Alex. Um, So Rosie is Lily Collins, Alex is Sam Claflin, and they grew up together as best friends, but nothing more, um, living in the UK. And so they were always friends, but, you know, they 
you could tell that they had feelings for one another, but they never admitted it. And on Rosie's 18th birthday, they kiss for the first time when they're like out celebrating her 18th birthday. Because again, this is the UK, so she can legally drink on her 18th birthday. But she ends up falling off the stool and blacks out and doesn't remember it. Um, so after that, Alex pretends nothing happened. Like he didn't, they don't mention it. And like the school dance is coming up and they're both like kind of dancing around the fact that they want to go with each other, but no one has the courage to do something about it. So they're like suggesting, oh, like you should ask this person out. Oh, like you should go with that one. So then they both like take each other's advice and they go out with those other two people and this ends up kind of changing the course of their lives for the duration of the movie so uh alex gets into harvard and moves to the states for college and rosie was all ready to move and go to like boston college and be with him there but she gets pregnant from the night of the dance um so she lets alex leave without telling him and year and she has the baby and keeps the baby and years go by until they see each other again so the whole movie spans 12 years of their relationship from 18 to 30 and seeing how their relationship has changed over time and if they will ever confront their feelings for one another is like such a special movie and they have such a special relationship but i will say and i will warn you this is an extremely frustrating movie to watch just because it's so like obvious how much they're meant to be together and how much you want them to be together and how many times it's like put in your face that it's about to happen but then something like else gets in the way so i'll just give you that as like a warning so yeah but there you have it those are my 22 go-to rom-com romance drama comedy movies whatever you want to call them i hope you go and can watch some of these during your self-quarantine but otherwise i'm gonna go have a great 22nd birthday party um but yeah so just keep following me along on instagram and i'll see you guys later Bye.